Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 18 of Drawing About the G-Men Giants Football Podcast. I'm Jace Garcia, joined as always with my man Sean Scanlon and Joe Aguirre. Happy New Year. Hope everyone had a Merry Christmas or any other happy holidays. But we're back. It's playoff time. And with that, the Giants season is over. Mm-hmm. But there is a silver lining to that. And as, we're back. Pat Shermer won't be. Yeah, he will not. <laughs> Pat Shermer is fired. The Giants are going to keep Dave Gettleman. Uh, there's a list of uh, possible candidates for the Pat Shermer job. But uh, what do you think of the firing, Sean? Uh, I, I agree with it. Um, you know, obviously he didn't have much talent to work with, but going 9-23 and 20, 23 over the past two seasons is just unacceptable. I think that uh, he didn't prepare his players to be any better throughout this uh, stretch. His offensive schemes, I, I never was really too in love with. Uh, just his play calling ability and his, his in-game situational stuff like taking timeouts at very questionable times, stuff like that. Um, I, I agree with it. I, I wish that Gettleman would, would uh, have gone along with him. But, I mean, it's it, it's tough to get rid of a GM after just two years. You know, you got to kind of give him time to, you know, uh, go along with his plan that he set out. So I, I could see where where the Giants' ownership is coming with that. But, um, yeah, I, I do agree with the, the Shermer firing. Yes. I definitely was glad to see Pat Shermer fired. And I'm going to take this one step further. I'm going to make a prediction that Pat Shermer will never be a head coach in the NFL ever again. And, and here's the thing. I'm not even saying like that he's a bad coach because I, I think as a coordinator, as a quarterback's coach, I think Pat Shermer's got a lot of value. I think what we've seen recently when you look at a guy like a Freddie Kitchens and, and some of these other guys around the league, that there's some guys who are coordinators And those don't necessarily make good head coaches. And I think Pat Shermer's got the qualities of a good head coach. You just alluded to it. His his in-game decisions are often baffling at best and idiotic at worst. Where, you know, you're watching a game and you're like, you know what I mean? You shouldn't watch an NFL football game as, you know, Joe Fan and being like, this guy's a moron. Yeah. If, if, if you're screaming that more than you feel like you should, maybe it's not you. Maybe the coach is really an idiot. You know, again, I'll, I'll point out this past week, 17 carries for Saquon in a game that they were losing. And, yeah. and clearly we're going to lose. It was pretty early in that game, I think, when, when it was obvious how the, the day was going to finish up. Another great game by Daniel Jones. Uh, again, despite being put in a situation where he's throwing way too much. Just yeah. way too much. 47. I've, I've been saying this all season, and, and I insist upon this. And again, I was rooting. I picked the Giants to win this week. I was rooting for the Giants to win. But... I also want to see Daniel Jones run the entire playbook. All we keep hearing about is what a genius and what a great offense, Pat Shermer, blah, blah, blah. Run the full playbook. If if you're down a couple, again, what difference does it make? You know, I mean, there were so many times where the Giants could have gone for like short fourth downs and things like that where you're like, what are you playing for? Are, are you seriously trying to play for a fifth win? Like, is that your whole angle here? A fifth win? Or is it to develop your team for next year? Because if you're playing for a fifth win, you should be fired. If you're if you're coaching yeah. to get this team ready and prepared, give them some looks for 2020, well, at least you're doing something worthwhile with those 60 minutes of football. That That's what irks me the most about this was I feel like they could have done so much with this offense to figure out long-term what it's going to look like, how it's going to work. Have him, again, you're down a couple scores, let's throw every down. For what? For what? Yeah. You're, 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 you've got a lousy offensive line. You've got injured receivers and tight ends all over the place. Again, you're, you're not putting your team in, in a position to succeed, even if they're going to lose the game, at least they could get something out of how they played. Again, you got to praise the way Barkley's looked the last two weeks, the way Jones has looked, but 
There's so much more that this team could have done, and, and it's a shame. And I think, again, the ultimate decision came down to how bad Philadelphia and Dallas were where Mr. Mara felt could have won this division. Yeah. This was a winnable division, and I realized the Giants seriously lacked any sort of talent on the defensive side of the ball, but very winnable division. And there were so many games where they they could have won these games. And I think with a better head coach, they probably would have won six or seven games easily this year, which would have would have put them out on the cusp of winning the division. Yeah, I think the main problem with the Giants this whole year has been the second half. They come out strong, keep it close. But something happens in the locker room where Shermer can't rile the troops, can't get them focused to maintain a close game, and then they just lose in the second half. And that uh, happens both offensively and defensively, obviously defensively more so. But, I mean, it it should have happened earlier. Uh, I was speaking to Joe a little bit before we started recording it should have happened earlier because then he could have been in the talks to get Ron Rivera and Dave Gettleman reunited. I mean, the whole reason Ron Rivera chose to go with the Wash, go go with the Redskins was because the Giants' job wasn't available. Who knows? Maybe he has a meeting with Dave Gettleman. They reunite some, and he comes here, which I would have loved. I would have loved Ron Rivera as the Giants coach. But right now, the top three candidates are Matt Rule, the Baylor head coach, former assistant under Tom Coughlin, Josh McDaniels, the offensive coordinator of the Patriots, and Mike McCarthy, former head coach of the Patriots. Who do you guys want as the new Giants coach? I think uh, Matt Rule would be the best option right now. Um, You said it, you know, he's got familiarity with the organization, having worked here during that Super Bowl run. Um, he's proven that he could turn around a program or an organization that's been struggling uh, very heavily, and he can do it very quickly. Yeah. Uh, he went to Baylor his first year there. They were one eleven, coming off the the scandal and all the allegations. And in just two years, he's already got them at eleven and one, playing in the Big Twelve Championship. And uh, if that's not enough evidence for you, he did the same exact thing at Temple when he first got there. He uh, they were two and ten in his first year in two thousand thirteen. You come to two years later. And three years later, in 15 and 16, they they have a 10 and 4 record, and in 16, uh, they won the conference championship that year. And although it will be a tough transition, I think uh, going just straight from college to the NFL as a head coach, it, it makes it much easier that this roster is pretty much a majority of all the younger guys, first and second year players who yeah. he can connect with. He's he's used to connecting with these young players, so he'd be he'd be my number one option. Obviously, we don't know. If he's going to leave Baylor yet, you know, he just got there. He's one of the, the highest paid coaches in college right now. So he's going to have to weigh his options. But if he if he does ultimately end up wanting to come to the NFL, he'd be my number one. Um, my number two on the list would probably have to be Josh McDaniels. Obviously, the only thing that worries me is the, the whole Colts situation two years ago um, where he yeah. agreed to be the, become the head coach and then ended up just bailing on him. But um, during this pre-draft before this year – the it's Patriots. kind of a Parcells guy move yeah. to just walk on a team, and go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've heard that story before. Yeah, for sure. Um, but the the Patriots were one of the teams in the pre-draft this year that were huge on Daniel Jones, did a lot of work on studying him. So obviously, I think that he knows he knows his game. I think he would be willing to work with Daniel Jones and all the offensive firepower that the Giants have uh, with Barkley, Ingram, Tate, uh, Shepard Slayton. I think he would love to step into this uh, team, run this offense, and I think he can do a lot with Saquon Barkley, especially in the passing game. You see what they do with those backs in the Patriots yeah. offense. They get them involved a lot. So I, I would love that from an offensive standpoint. And then uh, last on my list out of those three you gave me would probably be Mike McCarthy. He is the only proven uh, candidate who's yeah. a proven head coach who's uh, had winning seasons, you know, 125 and 77 is his record as a head coach, won Super Bowl 45. But the thing that I don't like about it is that um, Ben McAdoo comes from his coaching tree. He's got the same offensive scheme that Mike McCarthy did, and uh, we saw how that worked out here. Obviously, they made the playoffs in 2016, but the the big reason for that was the big offseason splash uh, 
signings and Janoris yeah. Jenkins snacks. Uh, the defense was one of the best in the league that year. And offensive scoring-wise, we didn't put up a lot of points on the board, even though we had weapons like OBJ, Cruz, Shepard. So I, I think that he is a proven commodity, but I just I don't trust his offensive scheme, especially that we saw it, what happened a couple years ago and then leading to that 3-13 and 13 season. So that's that's where I would rank them right now for my personal opinion. Here's a name I've been hearing a lot. Tom Coughlin, who is not going to get involved with the Giants again. Just mm-hmm. everybody, please put that stupid thought out of your head. There's a reason the Jaguars fired him. The NFL Players Union wrote a letter to everybody in the in the game and basically was like, don't go to Jacksonville because Tom Coughlin's like a dictator and everyone hates it there. So is that what the Giants need again? I'm going to go on a limb here and say no. And uh, if, if I continue to hear that, you're going to continue to hear it from me. I'm going to be louder next time, and I'm going to be a lot meaner about it. Look, this is New York. Uh, I know there's some great college football coaches, uh, you know, analytics guys and blah, blah, blah. But this is New York City. I think you need a guy who's been a head coach in the NFL. I think it's 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 imperative that this is a person who knows how to coach at the NFL level. I think Mike McCarthy is is probably my guy. You definitely spoiled it when you brought up Ben McAdoo, so thanks for that, Shoney. <laughs> but, look, you know, if there's one thing I think McAdoo and Shermer failed at, I always want to say McAdoo-doo. If there's Fair. one thing those two really failed at, thank you for laughing at that, Jay. Um, Sean refuses to be immature on this show, and that's fine. Um, the, these two guys did not know how to deal with the New York media. Yeah, McAdoo was I thought McAdoo handled things so horrible mm-hmm. until I met Pat Shermer and then I thought oh wow geez I guess it can be worse Pat Shermer never did himself any favors just like McAdoo before him again I think you need somebody who maybe maybe even somebody who works at ESPN it worked for the Yankees you know you pull somebody out of the booth and, and give them a gig you win 100 games that's great so maybe that's something that they, I, I just I don't think you could take a flyer on somebody. This could be the third coach yeah. in like a four year span. Mm-hmm. It, you, you better be right. Put it like this: if Gettleman's wrong, he doesn't even last the season next year. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's where all the Tom Coughlin talks gonna come. Oh, when, nuts! Once Gettle, if Gettleman. So if they're one and seven and Gettleman gets the boot next year because uh, you know Matt Matt Rule ain't getting it done, everyone's Coughlin's gonna be, back. Yeah, everyone's gonna be calling Tom Coughlin's name. There you name. go. Yeah. But uh, for me personally, I, I like Matt Rule because he obviously does have familiarity with the Giants, but also seeing what he's done at Baylor and how he has uh, in the Big Twelve, it's an offensive driven. Uh, conference, not a lot of defenses b- being played, but Baylor the the years that Matt rules there, he's led them to be, especially this year, the top uh, one of the top twenty defenses in the nation, top in that conference. So I think really just having bring him in, changing the culture of the defense, especially, will help. The thing with uh, uh, Josh McDaniels is everyone is so high on the Bill Belichick coaching tree. Look what's happening in uh, Detroit. Look at the line. Uh, look at the Dolphins. I mean, obviously the Dolphins just don't have any talent, but still nothing's going right there. Nothing's gone right ever since Matt Patricia went to Detroit. And then Mike McCarthy, the, the one thing with Mike McCarthy, while he was at the Packers, I never felt like it was Mike McCarthy's team. It was either Brett Favre's team or Aaron Rodgers' team. I don't think Daniel Jones is like that. Or I guess maybe Saquon. I don't think you anyone on the team right now can lead a locker room and lead and be that face like uh, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers were for Mike McCarthy. So with all that being said... Coaching is going to be a big. Can I throw another name yeah. out at you? Actually, real okay. quick, uh, I just saw this breaking news. Uh, former NFL coach Sam Weish 
died. Uh, he was the coach of the Bengals. Uh, and then after that, uh, of the Buccaneers, one of my favorite coaches of all time, a really great guy. Uh, if you don't know it, YouTube this. Um, he told the crowd in Cincinnati one time to stop throwing snowballs on the field uh, and then reminded them that they should have class because they lived in Cincinnati, not Cleveland. It's one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen. Gets on the PA, it's the best. Uh, but here's a name I want to throw out at you. How about Bill Belichick? Uh, you know, there's clearly... You can laugh all you want. There's just, clearly some issues in New England right now. Yeah. And, you know, there's talk of Tom Brady leaving, which is insane. And there's talk of Bill Belichick leaving. And I just wonder... Uh, what that might be like, like a like a Bill Belichick world for uh, three years, Indeed. and then he could, whatever you need to do, It'd be amazing. How would you guys feel about Bill Belichick coming home uh, to roost? What do you think about that? I, I would take that easily <laughs> yeah. in a in a heartbeat. I I just don't see. I just don't know if he's going to leave New England. Obviously, there's talks about Brady leaving and all that, but I just I don't see him leaving New England at this point. Um, that's why I think I think Josh McDaniels would be a good hire because I'm sure if I already said that, you know, they, they did a lot of work on Jones and that he'd probably like him. And then I think Bill Belichick would give a good uh, word of recommendation just because, you know, he was here in the 80s. He has the connection, uh, obviously, with the organization. But yeah, if I mean, if he were to leave New England, that's that'd be my number one hire easily in a second. Yeah. And I mean. You have to play a pretty long waiting game for that to happen, though, if you are the Giants. And I don't think they can afford that. Uh, other teams are going to start uh, scooping up these these candidates. They already are. The yeah. Giants are already behind on all yeah. that, which yeah. shouldn't surprise anybody. And they're, they're probably going to end up, uh, you know, with one of the, you know, the game of musical chairs. They'll, they'll get what they can get probably, and that's unfortunate. Yeah, uh, some other names to mention that could pop up if the Giants do wait. To find their can to find who they want, uh, Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma. I know he's been talked about a lot. A lot of people talking about Jay Garrett, which I don't want at all. Uh, Jason Garrett, not no. interested. Hell no, no. <laughs> no way. And then uh, also, I mean, I feel like whenever a coaching positions opened up, everyone's talking about Urban Meyer. If he wanted to try this, maybe try coming to the NFL. And then also Jim Harbaugh in Michigan, if he does get fired. Which, I mean, there, there are a lot of options that could play out. No Ryans, no Harbaugh's. That's my, that's yeah. what I, that's my mantra right now. No Ryans, no Harbaugh's. That's it. Anybody else I'm fine with. Yeah, a lot of people are talking about Rex Ryan, too, which is crazy. Thanks. I don't want to see that. No. Yeah, and then um, I, there's a couple other names that they're interviewing. Um, I know they're interviewing Chris Richard today, which I I, I wouldn't love, but I, I I mean he did he did have success with the Legion of Boom. Um, Cowboys secondary has been pretty yeah. good ever since he got there. And then uh, Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator for the Ravens, I saw that the uh, Giants requested to interview him. So that I mean that would be interesting to see. Um, we've had a lot of offensive-minded coaches. I mean, well, McAdoo and Shermer the past two hires. Yeah. So to bring in a defensive guy who's had a lot of success there. Um, even though a lot of uh, drop-off this year with the Ravens defense, uh, not drop-off, just a lot of players leaving, um, Terrell Suggs, Darius Smith, Eric Weddle, and he still has that team as a top-five-ranked defense. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a name to think about. I I think that I would probably put him ahead of uh, McDaniels right behind Rule just because I would like to see this defense turn around, and if there is a guy to do it, I think he would be a good option. <sighs> Again, I see we're already heading back to where now I want to be upset about having the fourth pick. That's where I want to go next. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, there. what an idiot Pat Shermer is. You know what I mean? He won just enough games to get fired and across the Giants chase young. That sucks. All right. I mean, the one thing for all the coaching candidates is they do. The Giants have made it abundantly clear they're going to take away some of the personnel responsibilities from Gettleman and give the new head coach some of those. Please. And with personnel comes the draft in April. Fourth overall pick. Doesn't look like Giants are going to be getting Chase Young, which honestly, I, I don't know how sold I am on Chase Young. He did nothing oh. against Clemson. The, the, something's going on these past three games 
where he yeah, has been He's thinking nothing. about the millions and millions of dollars he's about to make. He's gone. He's just there. He's just on the field. What I mean, what what happens if the Giants have another season like this and he's not going to make the playoffs? Is he going to be just sitting there on the field again? It, what what like that isn't an attitude you want to have. I mean, he also could have won helped bring his team to a national championship. But he did not show up in the biggest game of the year. I, I don't know if I want that on my team. Uh, You'd I mean, rather the undersized safety linebacker Simmons? Yeah, I, I'd like no. Isaiah. Oh, good. I, That's well, what we need. I wouldn't say I would rather have that. but um, I, Well, I think with Chase Young's production over the past couple weeks, it's been more the protection. Um, I, the Big Ten championship game, he was getting almost triple teamed every play. You look at Clemson's protection, uh, they were doing a lot of things to try and stop him. So I think that's why his production has dipped uh, a little bit in the past few weeks. And he's just been playing the best competition uh, that he's played all season. So I don't I don't think that his, uh, his draft stock's going to dip just because he's had a couple rough weeks. But I do agree with you on Isaiah Simmons, though. I think that he could really be a game changer for this defense um we haven't had a dominant inside linebacker since antonio pierce which is over a decade ago now which is pretty ridiculous um haven't drafted a linebacker in the first round since carl banks i'm pretty sure back in the 1980s 30 years ago so and he's got that versatility he could also pass or rush the passer he could play uh safety in a couple looks so i think that he would be huge for this defense that's who i'd want to draft um if we don't trade back which is the option that i would most likely want to go towards just to get build more draft assets um we're going to need it down the line and there's a lot of teams behind us that uh could use a quarterback maybe they want Tua at that number four pick so i would like to draft back the only thing is i don't think we will because david gettleman and his seven years as a gm in carolina and here has never traded back his pick um he obviously we know that he's a big scouter so once once he gets set on a guy he loves him and he, he goes after him but I, I think trading back is something that Gettleman should look into I just don't think he will though well you would think that Gettleman would just because Dave Gettleman's uh that's the way I've always done it kind of guy in an ever-changing mm-hmm. NFL that in the last 20 years has evolved into almost a completely different sport at this point and you're still doing the same old thing, the Mog Hollies and all that nonsense. <laughs> it's 2020, Gettleman. It's 2020. The NFL is a different game. Got to play the game that they're playing now, not the game they played 15 or 20 years ago. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't understand this guy. I, I, you know, to me, if you're going to get rid of the, the, the coach, uh, why don't you just clean house? That, that, yeah. That's really what I – I mean, I, I don't get it. You know, if, if you look at the year two performance of his year one draft picks, right down to Saquon, nobody had a better year. Nobody went better year one to year two. And, and that's concerning. And as well as, as Daniel Jones and Slayton played this year, let's see what happens next year. Because that'll be the real – that'll be the real test. Yeah. Yeah, every, oh, he's such a great drafter. He's picking some, some, made some good picks, but who's breaking out in that group? Yeah. I mean, t- yeah. time will tell, but this year wasn't really a good indicator of, hey, this guy's a genius. And look, there's a lot of money for this team to spend. Yeah. And, you know, Regardless of their draft position, I do think they should. I, I really do think that. And I, I know they won't because the, the Giants never do anything cool. They just don't. <laughs> and, and I, you know, again, I understand we've been doing everything. We've been doing it this way since the 20s or whatever the case may be. You know, they didn't even wear helmets then. But whatever. <laughs> Let's keep doing it that way. I, I just, I don't get it. You see every team, you know, I, I see two where Gettleman reluctantly said he would hire an analytics guy. Called him, yeah, called him computer folks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you want to sound like an idiot, out of touch, like old man? Oh, we'll get uh, somebody, uh, what, the internet people in there? Then, <laughs> get out of here, you clown. Yeah, yeah go listen to his press conference. It's 2020, it man. 2020, get with the friggin' program. Yeah, but I, I like the personalities brought in. This year, defensively, the rookies were probably the best besides maybe Marcus Golden. But, I mean, he is building something. There's There are 
We, we've seen glimpses of Daniel Jones. We've seen glimpses. Saquon Barkley finally got healthy these p- past couple weeks at the end of the season. So you, there is a lot there from Dave Gettleman that we can work with. We just need the right coach. But, uh, I mean. Wait, does that also, though, mean that Saquon hasn't been healthy for like seven or eight weeks? And they, and they, they ran him out there week in and week out anyway. Yeah, that's what you're yeah. telling me. That, that's yeah. that's how much that's how much this meant to Gettleman and Shermer that they were willing, right, for four wins to take their franchise running back on a bad leg. Get out there! Are you kidding me? Yeah, I'm, but well, I'm horrible. Mean, it was only like ten carries per game. Though. Horrible. So yeah, I think that's more on Saquon too, just wanting to get out there, be for his team, especially when they're they're struggling so much. And then I think that you saw he tried to get himself out there too quick, and I mean they they cleared him to play. So I mean it's you can't really, and he's not going to say no, obviously, when to shut down the season. He's one of the best running backs in the league. I, he wants to be out there, but I mean you could definitely tell the couple weeks before he started getting going uh, later in the season, you could tell he was hesitant hitting the hole. You could just see it um, some of the times he he would just. Uh, just take the hits instead of you know trying to power through someone uh, run over them so and then you saw that once he got a little more comfortable uh, once he got some touches finally got some rhythm uh, the past couple weeks he you saw what uh, he could be for this offense and that's why I'm very excited for him going forward yeah so now fourth overall pick no chase young Uh, I've been very adamant in Isaiah Simmons who do you guys want with that fourth overall pick yeah, I mean, Isaiah Simmons, I agree with you on that one. Or um, the only other one I would think at this point is uh, Andrew Thomas, the the tackle from Georgia. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's he's great in both uh, run protection and his, his pass pro. So he would be huge at left tackle. Um, you know, Nate Solder, obviously, he's not going to be the long-term answer going forward. He had one of the worst seasons, give the most pressures in the NFL for a tackle this season, which can't happen, especially when you're trying to groom and uh, get this young QB going uh and moving forward so i i think uh yeah andrew thomas would be huge or isaiah simmons and then i said i would like to to uh trade down but i I just don't think that's gonna happen so yeah those would be my two picks um you'll have to forgive me i don't remember the ohio state corner jeff 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 okuda Okuda. yeah uh you know i again for me I've never understood the uh, drafting of best available. I, I think that is the stupidest way to draft, uh, and it's the I mean, it's the stupid way to go about anything. Best available. I mean, draft need. Yeah, draft need, and and really any of the guys you mentioned are all needs. Yeah, that's what they should do. But they'll find a way. They'll find a way to do the wrong thing here is what I'm afraid of. And I don't even know what that could possibly mean. <laughs> well, what I've been seeing is people are thinking the Giants are going to take a wide receiver. There you go. That's what I'm Jerry, talking about. Yeah. Jerry Judy, yep. great. Yeah. Possibly another Julio Jones, phenomenal route runner. Great wide receiver. Giants don't need it. If yep. I'll tell you what. If Dave Gettleman drafts a wide receiver in the first round, I will get in my car. I will drive to Giant Stadium. And I will slap him in his face. (laughs) And I'll remind him, you just had that guy and you traded him to Cleveland. Come on now. Yeah, and people like to argue the the devalue of a running back position, uh, you know, maybe drafting them too high. But you could say the same exact thing about a wide wide receiver position. We saw it this year with Darius Slayton, fifth-round pick. Once he was healthy and ready to go, he's he's been probably our best receiver this season. So you can get receivers, I think, really anywhere. And uh, exactly like you said, just tra- we traded a, a top three talent at wide receiver in this league just a year ago. Why would we go and spend such high draft capital on a guy like Jerry Judy? And I, I, I saw uh, against the game against Michigan yesterday, he had a big game. I saw everyone on Twitter was blowing up um, saying that they would love to see him on the Giants. But I, I agree with you. I, that, that cannot happen. I mean, again, look at Evan Ingram and Caden Smith. And, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, I get into it with a guy uh, on Facebook yesterday who said Caden Smith is better than Evan Ingram. And I correct the guy. I said, I think what you mean is uh, he's healthy. And I understand yeah. you're frustrated because Evan Ingram is a great talent. Mm-hmm. But to say that he's better is stupidity. 
And again, the argument was, well, he's on the field. He's a tougher guy or, or whatever nonsense. That's not true. Yeah. Evan Ingram is a far superior player than the, the Cadence. And that's fine. But they could both be good. And they could be on the field at the same time. And it proves the point of you could be a first-round pick and, and not really pan out. You could be a fifth-round pick and be pretty damn good. Yeah, Caden Smith was undrafted and then cut by the 49ers. I, I mean, that obviously has to do with George Kittle being there. Yeah. But, I mean, he, he was cut by a team this summer, and then he comes to the Giants, balls out, you know. He's, he, he was great in receiving, not just that. His blocking ability is much better than Evan Ingram will ever be. So, I, I mean, pairing those two together will be huge, and I think that I, I just like having him on a rookie contract rather than Rhett Ellison, who's, who's one of our biggest contracts this year. Um, cutting ties with him after this season will be huge. Um, get a little more money in, in free agency as well. He said balls out like he was balling yeah. out, and I'm thinking, <laughs> wait, he came to the Giants how? Nah. And then he – no, that was that was me. That's my bad. All solid all points, good. though. <laughs> solid, solid points all around there. All right. I mean, with that, it's perfect time to switch gears and talk about this weekend, wild card weekend for the NFL. Uh, Joe, I, I think he's got a four-game lead on total picks right now over Sean. And then I'm I'm way back. I'm only three back from Sean. Well, we should probably say what my record is so people have a reference oh, yeah. point. Okay. I think that's a hundred and fifty-seven, ninety-eight, and one. That's less than a hundred losses. That's in. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah. Solid. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be gonna be hard to catch up with. Yeah, I few, mean, few amount of games, uh, but yeah, I will try my best. Well, I'm picking all game. upsets all throughout the playoffs, so maybe you'll get back in all it. All right. Let's start it off. Bills at Texans. This one, I think, is the hardest one to pick out of the bunch. Uh, I, I think the home field, the dome, is going to be the the determining factor here. I, I've been very high on the Bills all season, but their season is going to come to an end in Houston. Um, I, I I disagree with you on this one. I'm going to go right. with the, the Bills. I just trust their defense a lot more. Um, you know, obviously getting J.J. Watt will be pretty big for that Texans defense, but Josh Allen has proved that he could, he's going to be the Bills franchise quarterback. Uh, he's turned the ball over a lot less this season. Uh, their running game is, is very good, and then they also have good receivers, which they got out in free agency uh, with uh, John Brown and Cole Beasley. And I, I just don't trust the Texans secondary. Um, I think that they're going to get torched in this game. I think that it will be uh, pretty back and forth, but I think that the Bills' defense will pull it out in the end. And yeah, I'm going to go with Buffalo on the road. Yeah, I've been really disappointed in Houston myself. I, I, I was kind of teetering. I, I think news that J.J. Watt came is coming back oh, yes. combined with six points scored against the Jets. Um, I don't know. That doesn't leave a good feeling, in, in you know what I mean? I, I, I just... I don't. I don't. the The Bills, I think, have been underrated most of the year, uh, and with good reason. I, I think they've never really proven that they're as good as their record indicated, and I still don't quite feel that way. Uh, and even though uh, the Texans also got lit up last week, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, the Texans. All right. Well, one thing I don't think anyone has really talked about. This year with the Bills, I mean, everyone sees how the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, they built around Lamar Jackson and how they're running. One thing with the Bills, why they're so successful is offensively, they built around Josh Allen. Strong arm QB, the the wide receivers like John Brown, Cole Beasley, they're speed guys. They aren't the big like 6'4", go up and just throw the jump ball and then catch it. They're getting down the field. Josh Allen's throwing the football. So I, I think that's something underrated. People aren't really talking about how well they've been able to build around Josh Allen. But, uh, yeah, well, we shall see this weekend. And then in the AFC, the other half of the AFC wild card, Titans go to Foxborough to take on the Patriots. It's the playoffs. It's a wild card, which this is like one of the first time the Patriots have ever been in the wild card. Yeah. Last year was one of the first times Patriots ever went on a road to win a game in the playoffs. Uh, I think it's going to be the same thing here. They are showing some uh, uh, 
they are losing some stuff. I think going back, losing uh, home field advantage now this year, going to the wild card. But but I think they'll get it done. It's the playoffs, and the Patriots are just going to flip that other switch, even though they have struggled. I, w- I want to pick the Titans here. I really do just because I hate the, the Patriots, but I, I can't go against uh, the Pats here at home. Um, I think that it will be a very good game because the, the one thing that Patriots defense struggles with is that run game. Um, obviously, yeah. Derrick Henry, the, the leading rusher in the NFL, I think will will cause some problems for that defense. And then Tannehill has, has been hot um, ever since he, he got the starting job uh, and Mariota was benched. But I, I still don't think that will be enough. Um, I think that the Patriots, the last couple of weeks, their their offense has gotten it going a little bit. Um, obviously, the big upset to the Dolphins last week, I, I think that they're pissed off and uh, they're going to come prove it at home. But I, I think it will be a very tight game, but I think that the pass will pull it out late. I think that the Giants might want to think about calling Bill Belichick late Sunday night and seeing what he's up to because he's going to have a lot of free time ahead of him. And it might behoove the Giants to get a conversation going. It worked for the Patriots behind the the Jets back many, many, many many years ago. Um, I think the the Tennessee Titans are going to upset the New England Patriots. I think the New England Patriots are not going to score enough points. It's occurred to me the last few weeks that this Patriots offense struggles to put points on the board. I think Tennessee's defense and I think their offense is is good enough. I think they. I think it's going to be a tight game, but I think that I think the Titans are going to uh, they're going to do some damage. And I and I feel confident making that pick, knowing that next week it wouldn't matter because whichever team you pick this week, it yeah. ain't winning next week. So I'm going to do it. Okay, all right. Oh, Very yeah. inch, a bold, bold, bold. Yeah, we've we've differed on the first two, so maybe maybe I do catch up to this. Yeah, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to help you out. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, another tough game to call: Vikings at Saints, NFC side of the wild card. Uh, I mean, this is probably going to be one of the better games this weekend. Uh, but I, I just think the Saints are peaking at the right time. They're red hot right now, and uh, they're going to be home. Tough place to play, New Orleans, and the Vikings just won't be able to get it done on the road. You said uh, uh, the Saints are clicking at the right time. Um, they've looked very good the past couple of weeks. Drew Brees has been on fire. He won uh, NFC Offensive Player of the Month this month with, I think, a 15-0 touchdown interception, which, I mean, we know he's great, but he's just having a great season on, on his record season. So, And then Vikings with uh, Dalvin Cook is pretty much how their, their offense goes. He's coming off uh, an in, first game back from an injury. Yep. And the Saints' run defense is one of the better run defenses in the league. So I think uh, if there's any game this week that has a chance to get uh, ugly, I think it will be this one. Uh, I think that the Saints at home will, will prove to be too much for the Vikings. And, yeah, I think New Orleans comes out of this one. I think maybe I'm going to say they come out of this one with a big one. All right. Uh Minnesota Vikings, quarterbacked by Kirk Cousins. And how do I feel about Kirk Cousins, Jace? He's a bum. He's a bum. And there's no way a bum can beat a saint. Just can't happen. (laughs) (laughs) Fortunately, I'm going to have to agree with you guys and go saints on this one. I I don't even think this one will be close. The score might be closer than than the game feels, but it'll it'll be decided by halftime. All right. uh, I think the Vikings defense will do enough to keep it close. But uh, one game that I don't think anyone really expects to be close, Seahawks going to Philly to take on the Eagles. I think Russell Wilson will, will run and throw all over them and decisively win it. If the Eagles do happen to win and move on to the next round, they'll have Deshaun Jackson back. But that's not going to happen. 
Uh, this is going to be my upset of the week. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm going to go with the, the Eagles on this one. I think uh, everyone in the world is doubting them, I think, at this point. Uh, they won four games in a row. I know it's against the, the crappy NFC East, but they're, they're doing it with pretty much no one. Carson Wentz is playing at a very high level. And if you look at the Seahawks team, they, they've been uh, very up and down ever since uh, the second half of the season has come around. They've had some, some very bad losses. They play in a lot of tight games. They've had 11 games that have been one-possession games, <clears throat> excuse me, this year. So I I just feel like everyone in the world is uh, down on this Eagles team. I think that even with the depleted receiving core and all that, Seahawks secondary isn't isn't great. Obviously, they got Shaq Griffin, but other than that, uh, they, they're, they're very beatable. I just think that the Eagles come out and shock the world this week and then uh, probably get blown out next week. Well, he's left me no choice because I was going to make that call. (laughs) Now I will not do that. I'm going to have to take the Seahawks. I agree with a lot of what you said. I mean, you know, uh, Russell Wilson basically sank my fantasy team in the second half with nothing but mediocre performances. Um, Tough to say. You know, again, the the Eagles beating on the Giants and scoring 34 points, I think, was more an aberration than uh, a sign that that they've done anything to turn that disaster around. Uh, I I, I still think their defense has issues. I I would be shocked uh, if this isn't a close game. I wouldn't be stunned if the Eagles somehow pull off the upset, but I got to figure my man Russell Wilson, if I got him playing in the Super Bowl, uh, then I guess he's I guess he's got to win this game. Yeah. All right. Now we don't have any fantasy because fantasy season's over. So I thought we would take this time and reflect on the 2019 season, with it being 2020 now and the regular season is done. Starting off with who is MVP? I, I think it's pretty easy. I'm going Lamar Jackson. Oh, okay. all right. <laughs> I I thought we were talking about uh. Just the Giants, but yeah. If, oh yeah, if we're going NFL MVP, yeah. then yeah, that's that's an easy one. Lamar Jackson. Um, I think what thirty six touchdowns, well, along with the ones on the ground. I think he had seven, so over forty touchdowns. Um, having one of the better QBRs in the league. A lot of people were saying, oh, you know, he can't get it done passing. I, I think that he showed you this year, uh, limiting the turnovers as well. The best dual threat that this game I think has ever seen in NFL history, and he'll prove that down the line. But yeah, this year I think that's pretty easy. That uh, you got to go with Lamar. Uh, you know, look, I think Lamar is the easy pick. And, and uh, you know, I've always been a fan. I'm just going to put that out there. And and if he wins it, he certainly deserves it. It's hard to ignore what Christian McCaffrey has done this year. Yeah, Third guy in NFL history with 1,000 receiving and 1,000 rushing. I mean, what more? You want to talk about a, 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 a double threat, man. I mean, what more could this guy do? This guy yeah. basically carries Carolina on his back, and that's a big team. That's a, they're heavy. Every week that guy's in there. I mean, I'll tell you what, if you've got Christian McCaffrey on your fantasy team, you're probably, you probably either won the league yeah. or you finished in the top three because that guy gets his points every single week. He, he makes the catches. He makes the three. He gets to the end zone. That said, probably Lamar. But I, I, I don't think you can I, – I, I think it's – I think the vote should be close. And, and again, if I had to pick, I'd probably pick Lamar over him. But it, this should be a close vote. Both guys have had amazing seasons. And both guys, I'll say this. I, I talked about this earlier, the sort of the NFL being a different sport. I think these two guys encompass – what their positions have become. Yeah. You can't just be a pocket passer anymore. Got to be able to move. Got to be able to get outside the pocket at least. And if you're a running back, I think the big knock on, on Josh Jacobs, for instance, uh, yeah. the great kid out of, out of, out of Oakland, he, he doesn't catch the ball much. Yeah. Not much of a handsy guy out there. And, and, and so as great as he is, you look at Saquon, uh, you know, you, you look at McCaffrey, I think what separates those guys is is what they do coming out of the backfield. So, just something to, just something to consider. Probably Lamar, but maybe just maybe Christian McCaffrey got a right. yeah, Christian McCaffrey also did not fumble this season, which is uh yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. you brought up Josh Jacobs. Now let's talk about the rookie of the year. Uh, 
I think it really only boils down to one, and that's Nick Bosa. I mean, he is – he. It, if you wanted to give the MVP award to a defensive player, you're giving it to Nick Bosa. Hands down, you would give it to Bosa. I don't mean to jump anybody here. I talked about this earlier, but halfway through the season. The the impact that Bosa had on this defense yeah. was was on par with what Lawrence Taylor did when he joined the New York Giants. The Giants were one of the absolute worst defenses in the league and overnight became... One of the top three defenses in football. Same thing with Bosa. Hats off to that guy, man. Uh, and, and certainly worthy, I think, of at least a handful of MVP votes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when I, I did all Giants, just because I thought we were doing that, so I'm kind of scrambling. But, I, yeah, rookie of the year, I would have to go uh, Nick Bosa for defense. Uh, I think that's pretty obvious. And then for going offense, uh, I think there's a lot of good arguments you could have. Um I think that Kyler Murray gets a lot of the buzz, but I think that uh, Gardner Minshew and even Daniel Jones, if you take away the the fumbles for Daniel Jones, he he obviously is going to be great going forward. And then uh, Gardner Minshew probably had the best numbers for a QB um, all around throughout the season. But uh, I think I would have to give it to uh, A.J. Brown, the Titans uh, receiver, yeah. who had a great year, 52 catches, um, over 1,000 yards in his rookie season and eight touchdowns. Uh, and, he, you know, his numbers were kind of down the first couple of weeks with Mariota in there. But ever since Tannehill has been in there, he's shown that he could be their number one receiver. And he's been a game changer, especially the past couple of weeks. So, yeah, if, if I were to go offense, I would go A.J. Brown and then obviously uh, defense with Nick Bosa. Especially when he catches the game-winning touchdown over the Patriots this weekend. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Over Stefan Gilmore. Yeah. I mean, also, if jo- I think if Josh and Jacobs didn't get injured late, later in the season, I, I think he would be in talks. He might might be able to make a argument for him versus Nick Bosa. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm telling you. I, I think you would have had to have had an exceptionally – exceptional season when you when you think about what Bosa did I, I, I say what Bosa did because again you throw all the numbers out the window it doesn't even matter again you know this is why I keep I keep harping I know you're a little down on Chase Young Jace but I'm saying yeah. there's not you don't often find a guy who's going to completely impact all three phases of your defense and I think Chase Young is 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 one of those guys, but clearly the Boses are. Yeah, you know, and, and again, there's a handful of guys in the NFL that that can make that claim. This kid's one of them. It, it would be an injustice, in my opinion, if he doesn't win. Yeah, but the only reason I would say that Josh Jacobs is you're a hater. No, Go ahead. no, 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 that's no. Good. If he is. If he was healthy, I, the only reason I think he could give Nick Bosa some competition is go back to the MVP talks. You named Christian McCaffrey and Lamar Jackson. Everything, I, I feel like these awards a lot of the time are geared more towards offensively. We haven't had a defensive MVP since uh, 87 with uh, Lawrence Taylor. So I, I feel like these awards most of the time are focused more towards you have to be an absolute yeah. baller and and have the kind of impact on your team that Nick Bosa had. Yes, and 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 again, you know, because again, I don't I don't take it lightly to say a defensive player should win any award that's not strictly for defense. Yeah, I think what you've got to be up here again for anybody who's a little concerned about Chase Young. Every, every uh, whether it's Todd McShay or, I mean, everybody's got this guy who's a 12 to 15 a year sack guy. I mean, even right. on the low end, he's still leading the Giants in sacks. Nobody got to 12. <laughs> How was the last yeah. time anybody had 12 sacks on the Giants? Uh, JPP, I think. Like yeah. Five years ago. Five years ago. So, again, a, a guy who really impacts, and, and, and uh, better than that, uh, not only impacts, but a guy who causes the offense to re-scheme itself. Yeah. To to game plan to not have their offense uh, devastated by one guy. Again, yeah. if anything you watch and read about Lawrence Taylor, that's what LT did. 
That's what a guy like Ray Lewis did. That's what a Vaughn Miller did. Like where it's like I I've all, I always have to know where that guy is or my play's ruined. Yeah. There's not a lot of guys that can boast that. Bosa is one of them. And and again, to me, I think you see, again, you're if, if Jacobs didn't get hurt, but he did. Yeah. But he did. So to me, this is they're they're just paving the way. Yeah. Paving the way. All right. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about coach of the year. I'm going to start off. You want to say Pat Shermer? I know you do. No, no not I'm just playing. I'm not talking I mean, about least valuable coach of the year. <laughs> I'm going with Kyle Shanahan. I think we talked about how much of a game changer Nick Bosa is, but also offensively uh, with the with the 49ers bringing in Mostard, bringing in uh, Tevin Coleman, uh, Matt Breda, getting these guys the run game. He, he's really revitalized the run game. Uh, no one's running the ball like they do in San Francisco. And also, I mean, Jimmy G, coming into the season, I was down on him. I didn't think he was actually going to be as good as he has turned out. Uh, and I think a lot of that has to do with Kyle Shanahan and him getting – Obviously, it helps a lot having a defensive force like Nick Bosa, but also offensively being able to get the ball to Kittle and run the ball as successfully as they can. He He's my coach of the year. My coach of the year, um, I think I would have to go with Mike Tomlin and the Steelers. I think that I, okay. they didn't make the playoffs, but I think bringing that team to an 8-8 eight eight record was a miracle. Uh, especially with QBs like uh, Devlin Hodges and Mason Rudolph, who do not belong in the NFL, not even on practice squads, I, I would say, after watching some of their games this season. I think just what he did, uh, and with James Conner and Juju missing so many games, he had nothing to work with yeah. on offense, and he still brought that team to you know, being alive for the postseason that last week um, of the NFL. I think his, his coaching job was one of the better ones uh, in the NFL this year. I'd probably, probably go with him, but uh, another name that I wanted to point out is uh, – Brian Flores and what he did with the Dolphins, they, I mean, they were by far the least talented group in the NFL. Giants come pretty close, but, um, and they also led the league in uh, rookie snaps this season. Again, Giants were pretty close behind them. But if you can get all those inexperienced guys to win five games, one, pretty much everyone's doubting you. Everyone's saying, uh, you know, oh, you're tanking just because they, they see what the the Dolphins are working with. They don't expect them to win anything. I think getting five wins out of that group and then finishing finishing it on a very high note, uh, going to beat the Patriots. I think that was huge, and um, I think that going forward, Brian Flores is going to be is going to turn that uh, the Dolphins team around, and I think that he he deserves some consideration. The owner of the Baltimore Ravens, Steve Biscotti, almost fired John Harbaugh after the 2017 season. And when 2018 was not also going well, um, again, thought about firing Harbaugh. And, and, and who was very reluctant, by the way, to bring Lamar Jackson in as the starter. Uh, they've gone 19-3 and since that happened. They've clearly turned the, 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 the tide around on that team. What we know of the or, or think of, there is a different kind of Ravens team. Um, and, you know, th- this team start to finish, I think, uh, along with the Niners, were the two best teams in the league. From from yeah. week one right through last weekend, I, I think those teams were, were both outstanding. I think one or the other should be the coach of the year, um, especially because nobody believed in either one of them. Um, and, and when yeah. you have question marks at quarterback, and both teams did, which is funny in hindsight because, you know, and, and we could get into the reasons why uh, on, an, on another show, but there's a reason why uh, both of those guys weren't as highly regarded as they should have been, and, and look where both of these teams are. Uh, can't help but, but sometimes give credit just where credit is due. Uh, sometimes I think... Trying to trying to figure out who the best coach is based on injuries and backup quarterbacks. I, I mean, I think that's it's nice, but I think sometimes the obvious answer is, is the best choice. Uh, so for me, it's it's John Harbaugh. All right. Now, uh, now we get to what Sean was thinking: the G-man <laughs> of the year, the best giant of the year, which. Uh, I mean, it, it, this year's a tough one to call. I mean, 
with how poor the Giants have done. Me, my pick, I'm going with a rookie, Darius Slayton. Uh, I, I think Daniel Jones was close, just the fumbles. But Darius Slayton has been the most consistent, the most healthy wide receiver this year. The Really filling in as that deep threat for uh, the exit of OBJ. And uh, he, he every game he just dropped jaws. He did way more than he was expected to do. And he just gave a lot of hope to uh, the Giants offensively. Who's your G-man of the year, Sean? I got to go with uh, Marcus Golden here. Having uh, being the first double-digit sack guy since we said uh, JPP in 2014, yeah. I mean that's that's huge, and not just what he did uh, as a pass rusher, but also having uh, 72 tackles for for an edge guy is very impressive. Um, he was very stout against the run as well. Uh, even so, he had 27 quarterback hits this year. That was more than he had uh, in 2016 when he had 12 and a half sacks uh, with the Cardinals. So. He got after the quarterback. He did it in the run game. Also added 13 tackles for loss. So I, I think he was just huge for this defense. I think he's one of the reasons that we are able to even not be the last defense in the league just because of the deficiencies in the secondary. I think he was huge. And on a one-year prove-it deal, he, he proved it to the, to the Giants that he could be one of the, the edge rushers going forward for this team. And I think that it's very important for David Gettleman to go and uh, re-sign him this year because I think that overall he was the best and most consistent player on this Giants team all year. Riley Dixon averaged 40 <laughs> yards per punt <laughs> and 29 times pin opponents That's, yeah. inside the 20. It's sad, but it, 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 yeah. he did have I, – I'm just going to go and say it. I mean, to me, it's Daniel Jones. Okay. You know, from 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 starting on the bench to getting in there, winning his first start, uh, going through some struggles, kind of learning the game, taking the 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 mantle from uh, from Eli, the relationship they had. I, I could imagine that was probably uh, very beneficial for Daniel Jones, and and I am so excited about this guy. And I admittedly was very anti the pick I still think Dwayne Haskins might end up being a better quarterback I do I think the guy's probably got more natural talent you know again I don't know that he's you know Dwayne Dimes but I I still think he's going to be a pretty great quarterback but I feel so good I mean I think Daniel Jones has the tools to be the best quarterback in Giants history I know it's a stupid thing to say after one season what I'm saying is I think this guy's got the tools I think he's got the right people around him I think if they can get some blockers uh I I think that that this team could enjoy a nice seven or eight year run of success where they're not finishing you know uh just just ahead of the Redskins so I think it's there I think you got to be really you know and again I went into this season thinking to myself Anybody but the two clowns we have right now. And I love Eli. I was in on Eli right through last season. By the end of last season, it was pretty obvious the guy was done. Yeah. You take Beckham away, and then it's like, well, this doesn't even make sense now. This is Indiana Jones without a whip. What is the point? Why? Who wants to see that movie? You don't want to see that. It doesn't make any sense. Am I right? So, so I went into this season just with low expectations. We talked about how unpredictable this team was going to be. It was as bad as I thought it could get, and it did. I said four and twelve, and I think you did four and twelve. It is. Uh, and I, I mean, to be fair, I was optimistic. I said maybe they could get to seven and nine, and again, I think they could have if they had a better head coach, mm-hmm. which would have really defeated the purpose anyway, though, because you needed to fire the coach and, and get the fourth overall pick. So I think it's going to work out. But uh, I'm so excited for for the Giants' future. I think. I think, and and this is the second stupid thing I'm going to say here. I think next season, I don't think winning the division is out of the question. No, I, I think this. If the Giants do do some make some good moves in free agency and they they draft the right guys, I think there's no reason to think that this isn't at least a nine and seven team, and that very well could win the division next season. So is I think NFC you got to feel good. If, if the Giants were zero and eighteen, I still think they could. 
turning around to win the division next year. That's just the way the NFC East goes. Yeah. yeah. The way it's set up. It's also with- the way your fandom goes, but that's a whole other topic. <laughs> I could see the Vikings winning the division <laughs> next playing. year. Yeah, but the way it's set Seriously, up yeah. with the, the fourth overall pick and then having projected over 80 million cap space, it's really it's on Dave Gettleman's shoulders at this point uh, to, to get us to that back to that promised land, back to the playoffs. And I think if there's there's any year that could set up, uh, I think this would be a huge, huge offseason for us. I'll, I'll just leave you on, on my final thought for tonight. You know, we, and we've talked about this, and I, and I think you agree more than, than, than Jace does, Sean. Getting rid of Dave Gettleman, I, I think, would have served a couple other purposes as well. I think there are players out there who won't play for Dave Gettleman, okay? I think there are uh, – D'Angelo Williams has been awfully loud about uh, yeah. guys who don't necessarily uh, – Josh Norman's another one who's, who's, who hasn't been shy about the way he feels about Dave Gettleman. I know there's already some coaches who have said they wouldn't – if he was the GM – and so, and so, with eighty million to spend, it's a lot of dough. Are are there players who have already decided no Giants, not interested, not going there? Because if if one impact player doesn't sign with the Giants specifically because of Dave Gettleman, then everything you did this past week was all for naught. Yeah, but I, that also comes down to the coaching hire. Someone who does preach and have a philosophy and have a way to run the locker room can change someone's opinion on what the on what they think of the GM. I will also say famously this guy said last January that he did not sign Odell Beckham to trade him. And then he did. Which makes him one of two things, Jace. A liar or an incompetent fool. Neither of those options are good ones. But, and I think most people think he's a liar. And he often goes out and he talks to the media and he sounds like an insane person. And, and I think if you're watching that, you got to be like, I can't. I can't work for this guy. But the, there is also Odell is Odell. He's sure. going up to people now, dapping them up after the game. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. He's saying that to just other players. There is something wrong with this. Because it worked. He said, get me out of New York, and they did. He's, he's doing like, that in Cleveland now. He's yes. He's telling the people of Cleveland to send me to Baltimore. <laughs> don't put the whole Odell situation. Don't put the full I'm not putting the Odell. Listen, Odell Beckham made his own problems. Odell Beckham, one of the things, one of the things that, I've, that I've taught young broadcasters that I teach in my broadcasting career is don't be your own obstacle. To yeah. success. And it's easy to do. And and look no further than a guy like Odell Beckham. All the talent in the world, he cannot get out of his own way. There's a great immaturity there. There's uh, there's a lot of things going on there, clearly. <laughs> I'm not putting this on Dave Gettleman. But what I'm saying is, the words that came out of Dave Gettleman's mouth were, I'm not signing him to trade him. Yeah. Five days later, you traded him. And not only was it, never mind the money you, that you burned. I mean, everything about that was stupid. Ultimately, though, Jace, what he proved himself to be, more than a lousy GM and a bad decision maker and not, not f- fiscally conservative, what he proved himself to be is a liar. And there are a lot of people out there in the world, myself included, who will not work with or for a liar. Facts. I think it could hurt the Giants to keep Gettleman going into next season. And that's not, that's not putting Beckham on him. It's literally taking the, the, the fibs that he said and, and holding them up to, again, this guy doesn't necessarily have a great reputation with players. And players are who you want on the team. I'm just saying it, there could be repercussions for it, and and that's unfortunate. Yeah, and I yeah I don't I don't disagree with trading Odell, but right after a season where you paid him five years, ninety five mil, and now you're eating you're reaping the benefits, you're eating sixty mil and dead money in cap space where you could have used in a lot of other places this season. Yeah. And we saw that on the defense. We could have used a lot of free agents on top of the fact that we were paying Eli $23 million to ride ride the pine this year. It's just you had so much money tied up in 
things that were not showing up on the field to the Giants. Um, so I think that it's, it's it's tough to see that they didn't let, they didn't just clean house and let go of him too. But I mean, we'll see what his plan does going forward. He he does have some some good drafts. So it's really I think it's it's on the younger guys to go out and produce. But it's that this will be this will be the telling year for for Davy Edelman for sure. All right, one last thing, because <laughs> uh, again, you're right. But but so so Pat Shermer I, I think also comes out after every game does the press conference. And and most of the time sounded like like a disillusioned knucklehead. Yeah, you know, he, he would talk about the game, and you're like, man, I just sat here for four hours and I watched the same thing, and we weren't a couple of plays away from it. That's not true, right? Who who are you trying to convince yourself or us? Because we're not stupid. I don't like that. Come out there and own it. I like that Kettleman came out and said, I got to do better. I got to win more games. Yes. Damn straight you do. And you need a coach who's going to own it. So I'm going to come out and be all combative with the media when you're 9 and 23, whatever your horrible record is. You should come out there yeah. and, and be appreciative that they're not all calling for your head. And that's the one thing to me that Pat Shermer never, ever understood was. The media was doing him a favor because they should have been crucifying him every single day for the horrible play calls, for not being very imaginative with the playbook, for the horrible red zone calls. There's a lot of things that people could have been on his case about, and they didn't, and and he was still a douche. All right. Now All right. I'm done. Officially, <laughs> it's a, I'm done. Got it off your chest. Yeah, I feel better now. <laughs> After a <laughs> terrible season, we can all say there's a lot of hope and a lot of uh, optimism with a new coach, with the team, that, with the players that the Giants have. So I'm excited to see what comes 2020. Let me ask you this, Sean. Do you think the Giants have shown enough talent that Jace will pick them in all 16 games next season regardless? I, I would think so. If, yeah. he, if he did yeah. it this year, I'd right on, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's for me. That's all I need. All right. Uh, yeah, I hope this offseason is good enough where I, I could pick him in all sixteen games too. Would love but. that. We shall see. Only time will tell. Now, before we bid you farewell, are you passionate about a subject? Do you have the gift for the gab? Are you interested in putting that all together to start your own podcast? If so, check out Clovercrest Media Group. Come and join the Clovercrest Media Group podcast family. You can find all the information you need at clovercrestmedia.com. Clovercrest Media Group. The harder we work, the luckier we get. You can also find past episodes of Drawing About the G-Men on clovercrestmedia.com. As well as, if you're watching this uh if you're watching this, you can find audio versions there too to download. So make sure you check that out. Thank you guys for listening and or watching. And we hope to see you next time. Take care.